I'm Chava Peribán, co-host of Agave Road Trip on HRN here to talk about 818 Tequila. 818 creates their tequila using traditional methods that a family-owned and operate distillery in Jalisco, Mexico. From the blue agave they grow to their recycled glass bottle, 818 emphasizes the Earth's importance in all they do. Their distillery runs on biomass and solar power, which means they don't rely as much on fossil fuels and are able to reduce their carbon footprint. Their labels, corks, and boxes are all certified by the Forest Stewardship Council as coming from sustainability-managed forests. 818 is a proud member of 1% for the Planet, through which they support HRN as well as Sacred, my organization in Jalisco, where together we transform agave byproducts and water waste into adobe bricks that are donated to local infrastructure projects, like a local library in Zapotitlan de Vadillo. Visit drink818.com to learn more about their sustainability efforts and find 818 near you. 818 has been part of so many magical nights for me, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. 818 Tequila, imported by 818 Spirits, Manhasset, New York. 40% alcohol by volume, drink responsibly. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. been a long, long time, it feels like anyway to me. Um, so I've started and stopped recording this intro introduction episode for our summer season several times um, over the last few weeks. Uh, sometimes it's been due to personal stuff, sometimes guests schedule changes, but mostly because it seems like the world is on fire. Um, every week, something that happens that just is too much to to digest, too much to to process. Um, this week, it's been the overturning of Roe v. Wade. The week before that, um, expansion of gun rights. Then it was Uvalde, Buffalo, on and on and on. I think I was going to say, yeah, I think that would be accurate, that Uvalde was probably the one that sort of stayed with me the most. Um, and it's interesting how we come numbed, we become numb to some of these things, but that's a whole story for another day. But anyway, um, I decided that I'm going to dip my toes in here anyway today and kind of see where we go and then um hope to be back on a consistent schedule i think we have some great guests lined up actually so i'm hoping to see us back on a consistent schedule um starting next week so the week after this so we'll see how that goes um so for this little episode i thought i would introduce um a new segment or um what you could call a new type of episode, right? When I don't have guests lined up for the show, I'm right now calling it 13 items on item 13, but uh, I'm still playing with what I would call it. If you have ideas to share, um, let me know. But the, the gist of it is that I would share 13 food-related things, um, mostly African food maybe, but things I've been trying, reading, watching, just things that 
happen in my personal ecosystem um, to share just to sort of one to fill in the gaps of when we don't have guests but also two I've gotten feedback that um, people want to hear more about my thoughts on stuff which sometimes it's surprising to hear but um so I thought I would try it in this format 13 items seems like a long list but I was trying to be on brand or whatever so let's see how this this experiment goes um okay so let's let's dive in um item number one um this past weekend actually this weekend um i'm recording on a sunday so literally just yesterday i went to my first in-person mom event <laughs> since i had my my daughter and knowing me naturally <laughs> it was a potluck for for foodie moms if you will and I made Red Red, which for those who are listening for the first time or more recently, Red Red is a Ghanaian um, dish made with um, black eyed peas. So it's essentially stewed black eyed peas um, served with fried plantains. Um, and this was the first time I'd made it in forever. And I was kind of nervous about how people would like it, but people seem to like it. Um, I, I will share pics on, on social media if I remember. Um, so that was interesting. The one that I, I made Higanian something to share with a group. And oh, the other thing that also tends to happen at potlucks when I cook Ghanaian or uh, something uh, African inspired that I, I've learned from somebody else is that nine times out of 10, I will get asked like, oh, this is so great. Like, what is the recipe? And I'm like, oh, half the time, I don't even know what it is, right? And some of you will, <laughs> will relate. It's mostly from muscle memory. Like I'm tasting, adjusting. Like you always will have your base um, Ghanaian red stew, right? Everybody has their own way of making it. And then depending on whether you're making contemporary or red red or whatever, it could go in different directions. Um, and the red red I make today may not be the same as it is tomorrow. So that's always a tough question. And I feel like people think I'm trying to hoard some family <laughs> recipe or something, but I literally don't have a recipe for you um so that was interesting but that leads me to item number two which is um i wanted to call out uh pork spices um which i think was the secret to my bomb red red um she's been a guest on the show uh, and you can find her story in the podcast archive um, clearly i'm doing this from the top of my head because i would usually have the episode number for you and all that but um yeah, I think that was great. Like, I'd forgotten that I had a whole bunch of pork spices. And as I was trying to find, like, what spices can I add to my red red to make it interesting? Um, I found my pork spices, which is uh, also, like, she... I think she's intentional about it being, like, the basics for... The basic West African set of spices, if you will. And she has um, a line that is from... <laughs> non-spicy to like spicy <laughs> and that's the other thing too I, I didn't think that my red red was spicy but some people found it um spicy so it's, it's always interesting that way um yeah so that's my item number two pork spices check her out um i should include the list actually on online so i will so you'll remember all of this um moving on item number three sparkling so this is not specifically african but i discovered like a sparkling watermelon juice from trader joe's just like walking around the aisles and trying to find something because i'm trying to drink less um 
alcohol but then also when when I was drinking more my alcohol of choice was like sparkling wine and so I'm trying to get like I'm drinking more sparkling water and like trying to find sparkling anything <laughs> that's not alcohol but also that doesn't have a lot of sugar right so um, I found sparkling watermelon juice from Trader Joe's and like trust me on this it's so refreshing so good great summer drink um, not technically african i mean watermelon we have back home so that could be but um trader joe's sparkling watermelon is my item number three um item number four is also a spice i guess because i randomly as was scrolling through my instagram page so a spice by miss cookie which is a spice brand based in ghana that has like all natural spices um that they used to just serving like these big jugs and so when i would go back home to ghana i would buy them like a bunch and bring back so it's like ground ginger ground garlic and then different mixes and matches because that's again going back to i feel like this is all tying together somewhat going back to the red red like the base of all of our red stews are pretty similar so like you always have your ginger garlic onion um, sometimes pepper mix and then you can do different things and so it's just nice to have it already pre-done and Spice I Miss Cookie is a all-natural brand um, but I noticed as I was scrolling on Instagram that they have them now available in strips which is such a smart innovation because those big jars like depending on my cooking frequency and whatnot it was just a pain to freeze refreeze uh, and all of that so nice to see those new strips um and i'm looking forward to trying them next time i'm in ghana uh item number five we're still kind of sort of on the spice train um chef ade who you all should know by now <laughs> um dear friend of the show who also has a spice line but i'm not going to talk about that specifically today just launched a food truck situation so if you're in the raleigh durham area or will plan to be there soon that's in north carolina for our non-us listeners um check it out some of you will remember my first story my story of first meeting ade um and the feast that she made for me like her food is bomb i need to try to figure out how to get down there um it's an interesting and this is a sidebar like an interesting travel summer right now in the u.s like traveling by plane is such a <laughs> it's like um what's the expression for that when you don't even know what's gonna happen it could be delayed for several hours it could be cancelled um you just have no clue what's gonna happen when you show up at the airport and then if you're traveling by road um gas prices are just insanely through the roof so um but i definitely plan to to check it out soon um yeah uh item number what are we on item number six um interesting that i wrote this but i don't know if i shared i probably didn't share not a lot of people knew this but i was in ghana a couple of months ago um i went to ghana for the first time since the pandemic i traveled with my daughter and it was just such a mind-blowing thing like to be with her and have it have her experience Ghana through her eyes, you know, Accra specifically through her eyes and even more specifically like foods that I really liked growing up, right? So like um, groundnut soup and <laughs> plantains and mangoes, which 
I thought she didn't like because very early on when we started um, introducing her to solid foods, um, one of the things I was really excited for her to try was mangoes and she would just like spit them out, even the sweetest of mangoes. And But she rediscovered her love of them in Ghana and I'm not sure what the difference was really, but that was also... That was a highlight of my spring. I think that you technically that was in spring. Yeah, so that was fun. So that's item number six. Number seven, um, while I was in Ghana, I spent some time with members of the Ghana food movement, mostly chefs, and just was inspired by what folks are building and cooking up, um, especially with the goals of preserving our indigenous food ingredients and culture. Um, I'm hoping to interview a few of those that I met. Um, so definitely stay tuned. I think you're in for a treat. I'm just incredibly proud of um, of that group, of the young people in that group and like the work that they are, they are doing. Um, item number eight is the World Food Travel Association. As some of you might know, I'm on the board of the World Food Travel Association. And one of the things that we're working on is really growing African food presentation on the platform. Um, there's a lot of things that the platform does and maybe um, I bring someone on to chat about it in a future episode. But I particularly wanted to share about the Food Ambassador Program, especially if you're based um, on the continent and work at the intersection of food and travel and tourism. So I can see people in like Ghana and East Africa, um, who might be doing things that intersect at food and travel or tourism um, being uh, good candidates for the ambassador program. I will share a link. Um, it's essentially building a community. There's a lot of um, resources to help you um, understand like the idea of, of um, food travel, uh, food and travel, I guess, and, and how to um, amplify that in your local area. So um, that's again, like I said, I think at this point I'm going to share all of the different links associated with these 13 items. Um, where are we? Item number nine is um, Top Chef, actually. So, and this is I was a little bit late. I don't have cable anymore like most people, um, although it feels like at this point we should all go back to cable given the number of streaming platforms. Um, but I caught up on the latest Top Chef season, the one that was uh, based in Houston. Um, and again, this I caught on, where did I watch this? On Peacock, which I get free through my internet provider. So I don't know, maybe there's a free trial that you can get to check it out on, but that's where I watched it. So this Top Chef was based in Houston and it was very clear that they are attempting uh, to increase the diversity of people and food cultures that are featured on the show. And if you're a fan of the show, you probably know that it typically consists of two parts. The quick fire challenge, which is a shorter 30 minute challenge that potentially gives um, the contestants an advantage for the main um, second part of the show, which is the elimination challenge. 
Um, and in one of the episodes, and I'm glad they did this because Houston is like Nigeria Central. <laughs> so in one of the episodes, the Quick Fire Challenge um, featured Nigerian swallows and soup. And I thought it was really so well done. They had like pounded yam. I think they had three swallows, pounded yam, amala, and one more. I'm sorry, I don't remember. And then they had um, okra soup. So, you know, teaching people about, you know, the draw of the okra soup. And I think maybe two others. And I think they had to be inspired by that and create something. So, I, I again, I thought, like, I was surprised. And then they had a Nigerian, specifically Nigerian chef come and sort of help direct or give guidance to to the chefs through that through that challenge. In addition to Chef Kwame Onwachi, who I, who um, has become like he he was on Top Top Chef, obviously, and then has been a, a guest judge on and off, and I, it feels like he's now sort of a staple of of the show. Um, and they always bring him in when they have the Afro diasporan episodes or challenges or whatever you um and actually maybe let's go to item 10 and then we'll come back to to what i'm thinking about now so item 10 is there's a new iron chef series on netflix um which is also really interesting in that it's also they also it also seems like they're being very intentional about representing a lot more cultures um I think for me it was interesting. <clears throat> the most interesting one for me was to see um, the Hmong chef who came and represented his culture, his storytelling, like incredibly beautifully. And the way it showed up on the plate was great. Um, and then we had Chef Gregory, who's the Haitian chef who also has, um, who's also been pulled into the top chef um world if you will um and he was there to also do some stuff and um the specifically african um representation when it came to one of the episodes was from chef marcus samuelson who did um age of rice um so he if you've read his book yes chef or you know know a little bit about his background he was adopted in sweden so he has like a lot of Nordic background in addition to his African roots, if you will. And so that, I think that that, um, he brought those, both aspects of that culture into, into his cooking. Um, it was really interesting to see how much the judges raved <laughs> over his jollof. I think he did a, a, a seafood jollof, if I remember correctly. I feel like there was lobster in there and, um, Ah, this is what happens with mom brain. I just remember that it was really good. It looks like Senegalese jollof. Um, and for those that may not have a reference, it would kind of almost look like a paella, so like a big plate with proteins and vegetables um, stacked on top of it. And you could see the smoke coming up. It was just... And also Netflix does really good <laughs> food, food production. So you can imagine the food, the video was just really compelling. Um... So I thought that was all interesting, but um, to my point, again, maybe back to Top Chef and then also, so item number nine, which was Top Chef, and now item, item number 10, um, Iron Chef. Um, I see the work that 
these franchises are doing in terms of trying to be more diverse. Um, but I also pause <laughs> for lack of a better term um, for a couple of things. One, I think the judges table could still be more diverse. Um, and even the presenters to some extent, right? I think having Chef Kwame Unwachi is great, like for Top Chef, but he's not the only, I feel like, and not to take away, you know, his his coin or anything like that, but I just feel like there's so many more people that could also be introduced into these spaces. Consistently, we this, I guess my point is consistently, we see the same group of people. Like when Iron Chef started and, and there was hint of an African presentation, I could almost guarantee that I knew it was going to be Chef Marcus Samuelson, right? Um, and again, nothing against him, but one, it seems to be the same people that are coming to have these conversations. And two, almost always are men, <laughs> which is a whole other conversation. I'm talking about men specifically when it's the African continent being represented. Um, and then I think something that irked me even on Iron Chef was when Chef Gregory was making a plantain dish, uh, plantain mousse actually for, for, for one of his dishes. Um, that either the presenter or one of the judges, someone can correct me who's watched it, um, mentioned something about how plantains can be likened to potatoes, that they are not sweet, they are starchy, um, which is fair if you're talking specifically about green plantains. But again, like for someone who would have the range of understanding what, what plantains mean, for people on the continent that have it as part of their diet and the different, like the multitude of ways you can use it, um, to say that plantains are just starchy and similar to plantains, I just think is, is wrong, right? And even in the way that Chef Gregory treated it, I think it ended up being a sweet um, plantain at the end of the day. So again, it's just back to my point about who gets to be part of the production, not even just, not necessarily in front of the camera, which would be nice, but who gets to be part of the production and who makes the decisions about and even in an attempt to be to be more inclusive, um, I think there's still a long way to go um, in these productions. Anyway, I feel like I've spent too much time on those two points. So item we're at item eleven, which is a pepper sauce um, that I just found in my I didn't just find, but was introduced to me about a couple of years ago from one of my good friends. It's a Liberian pepper sauce. Um, the brand that makes it is Koto LLC. It's what they are called, K-O-T-O. And I just have to, like, it's hands down. I, know that I put it on everything. And I dare say for my Ghanaians <laughs> that it may be, it may be better than Shito. Um, that's all I have to say. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to try to start another West African war here. But um, from what I can tell, it's mostly available in the DMV area. Um, but they can also ship on their website. I I don't know them, have no affiliation to them. I just, just love it. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's like super spicy. And I would say even for those that like um, really spicy, like sauces or condiments, like I, and which I'm, I am one of those, um, the medium level spice is more than enough. <laughs> like a teaspoon or half a teaspoon of that is 
will go a long way to making like your eggs, um, even adding to your stews that you're making, um, like the flavor, composition, that it's just so good. Um, yeah, that was item 11. Item 12 is actually, item 12, was, we're kind of staying in Liberia here. So I believe there's a Liberian food place opening up in the DMV area also. Um, one of the people that I still follow on IG, um, Carlene Goodrich, is opening a place uh, in Baltimore, I believe. Um, it's a beverage boutique and cafe. That's how it's described. And in some of the preview menu I've seen online, um, it, inclu it includes some Liberian sweet treats that I'm excited to try when it opens. It's called The Stand by, I don't know if it's by Lemonade or by Lemonade, the way it's um, pronounced or written. But I will again include in the show notes, include on IG so you can go follow, support, etc. And then item 13, the last one, <laughs> um, is just to let you know that Dine is an opportunity for funding, especially if you're a Black woman-owned restaurant in the United States. Dine Diaspora and Eat Okra Up have partnered to provide $10,000 of grants for Black women-owned restaurants across the United States. They're hoping that these grants will accelerate the growth for their brick and mortar restaurants in particular. So these are for brick and mortar restaurants and will allow these recipients to spread their wings and embrace their visions for tomorrow. The deadline to apply is July 17th. I have posted um, the link plus the graphic on my IG page. So if you're interested or know someone that would benefit from it, please, please, please share um and more to come on this is, is all i will say um i'm really excited for this um and i kind of didn't even plan but like like i said it, it's even uh, it just seems like women are not even when there's talk of inclusion and diversity women from of african descent or black women in general are just not as represented as they could be so i'm really excited for this and what this could potentially do for um, black women at restaurateurs. I wonder if um, maybe this is a question for Dine Diaspora and Itokra. Um, I wonder if food trucks would be supported just because I just mentioned Chef Adi and her food truck business. But um, more to come on that. Um, yes, just stay tuned. Uh, and that's it. I actually didn't think I could get to 13 items, but I haven't actually. I even have a bonus item and maybe we can have a separate conversation about that maybe online or in another episode but i found the story while i was scrolling somewhere i don't even remember where now but um there's a kenyan food tech startup called kuhn foods or kuhne foods um that just shut down and the backlash online has been interesting let's just say and i said maybe we'll tackle it in a, in separately in a different episode because i was gonna I was really gonna stop at 13 items here um and it's interesting that i thought i wouldn't be able to get 13 items to talk about but um yeah it's it's um it's a kenyan food tech startup that's based on the continent so it's based in kenya um they were doing low-cost lunch they raised a million dollars um but it's not 
Kenyan owned and that's all I will say for now um we can talk if you're interested and this is how I will do these if you're interested mention it on IG send me a DM and we can have I can you know Maybe find someone to talk about it too. Someone that might have a little bit more of backstory about it. Because I thought it's really interesting. We don't find a lot of food texts. I think that that's why I paused when I saw the story. Um, but it, it could make for an interesting conversation. Anyway, let me know what you all thought of the 13 items plus one. <laughs> and if it's something you think that you'd like to see continue for, for future episodes, we'll be back next week with a couple of guests with details of a great opportunity, which I kind of hinted at earlier on. Um, thank you for listening. And for anyone that's listening in the US around the world, again, like I said at the top of the show, the world just seems really heavy right now um yeah and i don't i don't know what else to say about it i i think i'm just really trying to focus on taking care of myself doing what i can in the spaces that i can and just yeah yeah, I'm leading in it to, to community and sort of soaking that all in also. Um, but I'm sure in the next, you know, in the, few, in the weeks and months to come, there will be more talk about what's going on and whatnot. So stay tuned. Um, thank you for listening. Like I said, I would love your feedback on, on this episode. Um, we'll talk next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to item 13 an african food podcast if you like the show please subscribe rate and review us on your favorite podcast app to keep up to date follow us on instagram facebook and twitter at item 13 podcast item 13 is powered by simplecast thank you for listening to heritage radio network food radio supported by you for our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.